I'm in. You can grab a seat. How are you? Who's on holidays still? Till tomorrow. You sound excited by that. Got to say, how much do you notice that the kids' ministry is no longer on holidays? How good is that? Tell you what, it so makes you appreciate them. Well, you know, as a parent, it makes me really appreciate them. And uh, that reminder when it's when they have to have a when they not when they have to have a break when they're having a break, and so they should. Uh, <laughs> how awesome it is to be able to worship through without you know having kind of an eye open and you know just checking, just checking. We have just come back from holidays this week, which was awesome. We thought that we were going to get pretty much eight days of rain. Uh, and we got like about a day and a half. So it was fantastic. And, you know, showers, one of them. Could hardly even call it rain, really. I know. It was hardly anything. It was awesome. We had a great break. You know, we go up to Milestone up near Coffs this time of year, every, every year. And usually it's for a bit longer. But this time it was a bit shorter. But the awesome thing about the shortness of it was the day after we left, they had a mini tornado. And who wants to camp in it with a mini tornado? Like... The photos and, you know, our little camping neighbour was on the news in his boardies with no shirt. I'm sure he was stoked by that later on. Um, cleaning up all his mess, having a chat to the, the news reporter. But I tell you what, it is the second time, the, a couple of years ago, we, we had to come home and I was trying to talk Darren into staying an extra couple of days. Come on, babe. Just another day, like, even. No, no. And eventually, after my whining, he said, no. We've got to go home. Let's pack up tomorrow. We're going home. And I think it was that afternoon or the next morning, the roads were closed because of the amount of flooding that was happening and we couldn't have got out anyway. So, you know, turns out we leave. It's a perfect place for us, but we leave just at the right time, which is good. It's good. Got to love holidays. But, you know, you've got to come back to real life sometime. So it's all good. That's true. So this month we're exploring authentic faith, what it means to have authentic faith and not just so that we can gain extra knowledge, not at all. I hate that stuff. I hate it when it's knowledge for knowledge's sake. If you're not going to put it into action, if you're not going to put it into practice, then I feel like it's just a complete waste of time. So we're not just just doing it for getting a bit more knowledge and more information. But we want to see our faith in such a way that we, we really live by faith, we walk by faith, um, and we move in it, and we're released by it to impact our society for the kingdom of God. Last week, Pastor Keith talked about how our faith is awakened through trust and through surrender, and when we let go of the reins and trust him for our future, we, we can just rest in his grace. And... Um, Heaps of you were here last week, it sounds like, when we were away. Like, it's like everybody was here. So that was awesome. When we heard that, it was great. Um, this week we're talking about a rising in faith. And so some of you are kind of going, all right, that sounds like pretty much the same. Same, same, but different. Um, so stick with me for a little bit. Um, we, are, we are not talking about the exact same thing. But it sounds great, doesn't it? You know, to have our faith awakened through trust and through surrender. Sounds great. To rest in his grace. Awesome. But how? You know, the enlargement of faith takes diligent effort. It takes some hard work. It doesn't just, you know, drop in our lap, drop out of the sky. There's this paradox in the realm of grace 
grace versus hard work. It's tricky. You know, we can preach grace. You can hear an awesome message on grace, but then half the people will say, hey, 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 doesn't that just, you know, let everybody go off and sin? Doesn't it give them a license to just go and do whatever they want? Because they're like, oh, well, it's all good. You know, grace of God and all that. But when we talk about working hard, the flip side you end up with there is, is, well, yeah, but what about God's grace? Like, we don't have to work hard. It's a, it's a, it's a fine line sometimes. You know, another paradox in that realm of grace is striving versus rest. Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us therefore strive, you know, or make every effort. So, you know, it sounds like, sounds like hard work to enter that rest so no one may fall short. Blah, blah, blah. So that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Striving a rest. It's almost like how can they both be in the same sentence together? It just it's they seem so contradictory. So how do they go together? How does striving and rest go together? How does grace and hard work go together? And how does my faith rise up because of it? I'm going to tell you a bit of my story the last over the last couple of years this morning and um, some of it I would say that I've, I've only even been able to articulate some of what's been going on in the last, in the last week. But um, I grew up in church, which was great, great church, family church, heaps of kids around, you know, my, my bestie is still the church, from the church that I grew up in, you know, we've known each other since we were pretty much born and um, we still catch up and we still, you know, just have great memories from that time. But um, something I learned in that, my parents were both highly involved, you know, they were elders, both elders. I think my mum was the, the first woman to be put into that kind of level of leadership, you know, in that denomination. Um, in Newcastle. So it was, you know, it was a big thing. But I guess what I sometimes I took from some of that is that hard work is acceptance. Hard work, God will be pleased. Hard work, others are pleased. Hard work means you, that's how you fit in. Hard work is how I'm accepted into the fold and I'm one of the gang, I guess. Um, in, from when I was about 10 to about 20, we had church splits. Not just one church split, but four church splits. It's not, yeah, <laughs> not great odds, hey. Um, and, and a lot of that, you know, I guess it, I was young, but it took its toll on me, you know. As a, as a kid of the elders, you always heard endless long phone calls, you know, there was no such thing as immobile and you could go outside. It was a phone plugged into the wall, people, right? <laughs> That's right, exactly. Actually, in the living room, like, there was nowhere to go. It was like, turn the TV down, I can't hear on the phone. So, you know, it took its toll. But I think what I, I didn't realise was that his acceptance for me didn't have to do with my performance. It didn't have to do with what I did or how hard I worked that it wasn't just about pleasing God but pleasing others. It wasn't just about being a good Christian, but for me it also, it became about me accepting myself and my self-acceptance, my self-worth. 
think it, it made me feel important to be busy. You know, in our society, when you're busy, you're important, you know? Somehow we sort of go, oh, they're so busy. You know, in your head you go, oh, they must be very important, you know? Oh, they've just had 12, 12 texts in the last three minutes that they've checked while I've been talking to them. They must be very important. Um, and, you know, oh, there's an email that's come through on their Apple. Oh, they got another beep. Oh, like... I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, wow, that is so annoying. These Apple, these phones on your whatever it is, your Apple Watch, iWatch, whatever. Oh, irritating, I'd say. Um, but really what happened as a result of all of that was that I built up a stronghold in me. And I didn't even realise it was there. A stronghold really was the lie that I had to do certain things in order to be loved, in order to be accepted. And um, the truth is that I was already loved. I was already accepted. I, I had, you know, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than somebody with a religious spirit. I had a religious spirit. <laughs> <laughs> that was my revelation this week. I have had a religious spirit about some things and it blinded me of seeing his... God's acceptance and his love for me. I was religious in my thinking, you know. My church background told me that you had to do particular things. You had to turn up to the right things. You had to be, even if you weren't doing those things, you had to somehow be seen to be doing those things. It was all about appearances. And, um, you know, I have a good work ethic. Mum and Dad had one. I have one. I love that I have one. I hate it when people don't. Um, <laughs> let's be real. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy working hard. I get this great satisfaction of working hard and when I've done a job well and, you know, I've stayed focused, I've finished it through to the end. Um, and it's not bad in itself. It's not bad in itself at all, but somewhere along the line, I saw that as what I needed to be accepted by him to have value to him. So probably about two and a half years ago, I started on a journey of identity. We've talked a lot about this and let's face it, we probably continue, will continue to. You know, it's, it's a journey. That's, <laughs> that's the thing, it's a journey. But it took me down this path of recognising some of this stuff in me that I hadn't seen before. My strongholded, blinded me, I, I, it's like an AA meeting, I had a religious spirit. Um, <laughs> but you know, there was no quick fix, there was no quick fix to the mindsets that I had. You know, there were, <laughs> there's 40 years of them, and a bit, you know. There was no quick fix. And, you know, a stronghold is really just us agreeing with the devil. You know, it sounds like it's this big, oh, what is that stronghold? It's us agreeing with the devil. You know, it's us disagreeing with what God says about us and agreeing what he says about us. So I'd agreed with some of them and didn't even realise it. I'd agreed that it was important to work hard so that God was going to love me, that, so that I was going to be accepted by him. Um, I'd agreed that I needed to prove myself to be valuable, not just to him, but to people, to you guys. You know, I needed to work hard for that. 
and I guess I'd agreed that I needed to work hard to be for me to even accept myself, you know. It was like I had to prove myself to myself, I guess. I, I equated holiness with hard work for the kingdom. What I'd missed was that I was holy before any of that. What comes first? Does being totally accepted, assured and secure as a daughter come first and then I walk in holiness? Or does walking in holiness make me a daughter? This journey, it it switched me into realising that it makes no difference if I actually do nothing at all. He still accepts me. That he took hold of me, I didn't take hold of him. Philippians um, 3.12 says, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. It's been such a revelation that I haven't really got that much to do with my acceptance. I get to rest in what he did for me. So we're back to those concepts of rest and striving and grace and hard work. And how does it make my faith rise? You know, faith is believing what God says is more true than what others tell me. Or possibly even what facts are before me. We're gonna, you want to grab your Bibles out? We're going to read out of Philippians this morning. In chapter 3, you're heading to. We're going to start down at verse 7. It says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I considered everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's revealing something so powerful here. It's all about knowing Christ. It's all about intimacy with him. Everything else is just rubbish. You know, the rest of his qualifications, Paul's qualifications, he, he'd put his stock in those, you know. If, you, if you'd seen it, if he had a resume, it would have looked pretty awesome. You know, he had this, you know, great heritage. He knew so much about the law. He was a stickler for it and was happy to persecute everybody you know, as well, but, you know, that aside, apart from those minor details, um, it would have looked amazing. But even with all of that, even with all that hard work, there was stuff missing. See, what I had was a bit of religion. I had an actual relationship with God, but I was missing something. I only had part of it. 
I didn't have that real intimacy that I longed for. Religion had given me a piece of the whole picture, but I, I'd clouded it with self-righteousness. So grace, Paul talks a whole lot about grace more than anybody else in the New Testament. So if you're taking notes, this is your first point. Grace energises us. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 to 10, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and this grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He wasn't working so he could receive grace. He was empowered by that grace. You know, in 10 years I saw church splits and those four church splits sort of showed me that, um, you know, the people, the people at the church, the, it was, you know... Anyway, skip that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, people expected a certain thing from the pastor. So when the pastor didn't do what they expected, they would get voted out. They'd get rid of them. And, you know, now that I'm in that role, the pressure on those guys must have been just so immense because it's a calling, but it's also a job for them. They also have a family. <laughs> they have a, a manse house those, in those days, they had a manse house, you know, that's where their family lived. So I, what I realised, even when I was writing this, of how much of that I had dragged in with me into this role. And I hadn't even realised it. When I even was writing this down, I wrote down that people expected a certain thing from the pastor and when they didn't, get vo and when they didn't do it, they voted to get rid of you as opposed to get rid of him. You know, I was writing it for me and had that moment of, it's still coming out. Something in that took a hold of my soul. Seeing that, you know, growing up, it, it took a hold of me and the way I did things. Back into Philippians, verses 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. But Christ took hold of me. That's the key. I don't let that stuff take hold of me anymore. It took a while to get there, but I don't. And, and I, I sat in Pastor Keith's office the other day and was like, you know what, I can actually say that I don't really care what people think anymore. And you're all very lovely, of course, but, you know, I don't really care. <laughs> Christ has already taken a hold of me. You know, that wants me to press on even more. Press on, it can sound like, you know, I read it and I go, press on, I hate that, trans like that word, the way they translate that. Press on, it sounds like such hard work. But, you know, when you add passion, it's not a burden. You know, when I have an order 
that comes in, a biscuit order, that comes in and someone says to me, you know what, you've kind of got free reign. Um, here's a general, I like these colours, this is what the event is, they're into this kind of thing. I love it because it inspires me, like, to get creative and to really just, you know, get a hold of it and run with it. And just as a helpful tip, they always get so much more than they bargain for when they give me that free reign, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So much better. It's so much better than giving me these really strict parameters because I get to that and I go, oh, that was such hard work. Now, the other jobs... They're still hard work. They still take me time, but there's a passion behind it and I love it. So I really, it doesn't really feel like hard work. You know, sometimes Darren will say, sorry, how much are we charging for this? Like, you're insane. That is so much work. Put it away. That's it. You're done. Go to bed. But when I get these ones where I'm like, you know, I've got to do this, 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 and they want it, you know, they'll send me a picture of somebody else's work and they want a copy of it, I go, eh. Such hard work, you know. It's just not taking a hold of the best of me and I, it doesn't come out. It's, it's a job that's got to be done. It's hard work. There's no creativity and there's no passion. So did getting a fresh revelation of this change my work ethic? No. I'm happy to say, no, it didn't. It didn't change my work ethic, just as it didn't change Paul's. He'd have been a hard worker before, but back then his motivation was fear. Fear that God was going to pass him by or reject him. Fear that he was going to get destroyed. But what motivates the hard work now? The love of God and becoming like him. So because Jesus has taken a hold of him, he wasn't motivated by religion, but by relationship with Christ. That's the passion. That's the whole thing. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and this grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Grace was foreign to him as a Pharisee. But he says, now that I've experienced it, I can work harder than anybody else. He's got passion behind it. It didn't make him lazy. Grace didn't make him go... I don't need to work hard anymore. I can just sit back and put my feet up and do nothing. It energised him. And that's, that's the end result for us too. Faith doesn't cause us to sit still and do nothing and just wait for God to drop something in our lap. It causes us to rise up. It's not about trying to make something happen. You know, that's where it's hard work. I've got to make it happen. It's working with the Father so it'll happen. So what does it mean to know Christ? It's not just knowing he's the son of God. Satan knows he's the son of God. It's knowing how to relate to him, to walk with the Father and to work with the Father. So why do I work hard now? Well, I'd say that now I work hard because I want intimacy with Christ. I want to know him more. I want to know what God's up to. I want to work with him on what he's up to. But now I'm working from who I am, not to become someone. Often I'd strive, but, but not to enter rest. I always felt like 
that it, the idea of rest was it was kind of like a grand plan, but <laughs> pretty unattainable, really, let's face it. You know, yeah, right. You know, that's just for those great people of faith. That's for those people in the Bible that wrote about it. Nobody else knew what they were talking about. Because it's good to look busy, right? It's good to seem like you've got a lot going on. You know, oh, what have you been actually? Oh, <laughs> so busy. So busy. Oh, just, you know, I'm wrecked. I'm wrecked, hey, like... So busy, you know. Oh, geez, they must be so important. They've got so much going on. I just spent, you know, the last three days watching Netflix. <laughs> we equate it with importance or being dedicated or committed to something. And in our society, it often brings approval or acceptance. And there's nothing wrong with hard work. But the problem with, you know, doing it for approval or acceptance is it's a black hole. You can never work hard enough, you know. I could work and work and work, but I was never satisfied. And even if other people seemed like, oh, gosh, you've done such a great job with this or blah, 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 in myself I'd be like, oh, I probably could have done a bit more actually. It's probably a bit, you know. I was striving for approval. But when did that make me more like Jesus? It never made me more like Jesus. If I've got to work for it out of some religious, mo religious motive, I'm just never going to achieve that. I'm never going to satisfy what I'm trying to satisfy. Back to 1 Corinthians 15.10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He's working out of passion. He still worked hard, but now he wasn't working hard for acceptance. He was already accepted. He knew that it was that trust in him, that passion, that faith that rose up within him. Enlarging our faith, it just doesn't fall out of the sky. It takes diligence. And the end result of that kind of faith means we're going to be more like him. We're going to be more like Jesus. Grace doesn't mean we don't rest. Sorry, grace doesn't mean we don't work. And rest doesn't mean we're not diligent. What's the thing that gives me the energy for pushing ahead and wanting to win this race? It's the passion to know him and to be like him. That's it in a nutshell. Because press on sounds like hard work, but you add that passion, and it's pretty, pretty straightforward. See, knowing Christ is our passion. Philippians 3 verse 8 says, What is more, I considered everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I considered them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul was passionate about knowing Christ and living a life like him. He tried to gain at all of this by living a religious lifestyle. But he got nothing. He got nothing. He spent so much of his time and his energy doing all the right things, 
as a Pharisee and until Christ came in and took a hold of him, it was just like, just the wow moment for him must have been incredible. Must have been just like, flipping heck, what have I been doing all these years? A little bit like I think now, flipping heck, what was I doing all those years? Authentic faith doesn't cause us to sit still and wait for something to happen, but to rise up and work with him. Knowing Christ, it's not just knowing he's the son of God, but how to relate with him, to walk with him, to work with him. Jesus said he saw what the father was doing and he did it with him. It seems so simple. I guess it is. To be invited to work with the Father causes us to press forward even more with passion and energy. Because we've been awakened in faith, we can rise up with that. We can work more with him, alongside him. You know, what I see in here, in Philippians, where Paul's talking, and what I see in my own life, is it's a journey. It's not a destination. The message um, says it like this, verse 12 to 14. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made it. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ who so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onwards to Jesus. I'm running off and I'm not turning back. I work hard now because I want to know him more. I want that intimacy. It's changed how I work, but it hasn't changed that I work. My motivation has changed. But my journey in this, it's not finished. That's what Paul is saying. Not that this is already complete. He's not saying his salvation. He's saying the work of the revelation isn't complete in me. So even though Christ obtained me, he's taken a hold of me, I'm still taking a hold of everything that that means. The word here for being made perfect means to come to perfection, completion or or be finished. He's not yet complete. I got the revelation, but that's still growing. I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has taken a hold of me. Don't get me wrong, I'm no expert in this. He's saying, I've got it, I'm getting it, and I'm growing in it. See, the work of Christ is complete in adopting you. But living it out is what we're passionate about and we're working towards. It's still a work in progress. I haven't arrived And there's so much more in me to become like him. It's a journey. It's not a destination. It's all about knowing Christ. That's where our passion comes from, that invitation. From that place of intimacy with the Father we work, not for our approval. We've already got it. 
but from a place of absolute love and absolute acceptance. And what everybody else thinks, it really doesn't matter. But we rise in faith through all of this. Some of you today, you know, I got a picture earlier just of like your heart with just it's like, you know, a crack in the door. You know, in the you know, in the mornings when if you've had the door closed and it's dark in your room, the light it seems so bright, like, oh wow, and it's like, oh, how could I not see that as clearly before? But just that, you know, some of you this morning, there's there's just been an opening this morning as I've spoken you've just got this little revelation or this little insight into yourself and gone yeah maybe my motivation it might not have been the same as me but maybe my motivation wasn't right maybe it's about your self-worth or maybe it's about being accepted by others or being accepted by him or maybe like me it's all three won't you stand this morning church we're going to finish up in a minute but I just you know we're going to sing this song just want to give you an opportunity if you want to do some business with him this morning just to take advantage of the time You can come down the front. You might want to not have somebody pray with you, and that's fine. Or you might want someone to just stand with you. You might this morning have recognized a stronghold that's in you, some lie that you've been agreeing with. I tell you, when you find those things and you can say, this was a lie that I've been agreeing with, it is just about the most freeing moment of your life. When you get on the same page with him, it's like, you know, for me, it was like this stronghold. I had this wall built up and all of a sudden, when I suddenly went, this, this is the lie I've been agreeing with all these years. It was just like it got smashed in an instant. Like I could step over the rubble and start to walk that out and start to find out what it means to find out what it was so I just want to give you an opportunity if you want to come down while we sing um, it's early in the year and it's just such a great time to start fresh on some things you know Darren when he spoke the other day he talked about the idea of you know um, the word he had was that we're going to have a year of a thousand breakthroughs and it's not going to happen without some of us doing some stuff we're going to have breakthroughs but we're going to have to do some hard work you know so many times in my journey of identity I wanted to go no okay we're good done here close the book we're finished all right I don't want to do it anymore because it's too hard but every time I got to that point where I wanted to say God just leave me here I would see, look back and see how far I'd come and go, oh, surely it can't be that much further. 
I don't want to have to go around the mountain again. We all know what that's like. I'm so glad I stuck it out. So we might sing. And if you would like someone to pray with you, or if you just want to do some business with God, just come down here and someone will be here to pray with you.